Alhamdulillah, we're here, those few of us that braved the cold and snow um, on Martin Luther King Day 2018 uh, in Rabat. This is not like a normal thing. I don't know, at least on this side of town, Masajid don't usually have like a Martin Luther King Day event. And uh, I think that's unfortunate. Um, and those of you who know me uh, know that this is not an attempt to somehow uh, do some sort of fake integration into a system that was neither built by us nor for us, uh, nor is it uh, an event at some sort of political appeasement. Um, there are better ways of doing uh, something like that than have a Desi Movisab talk about Martin Luther King Day. Um, the idea is this, is that Martin Luther King Day isn't just about Martin Luther King. Um, it's a remembrance in this country that is named after a person who uh, is just one of many people that reminded this Qawm about certain realities and certain facts that many people find inconvenient regarding its history. Uh, and that has to do with the idea that from its very inception, from its very founding document, there was a an unfairness and injustice that happened to those people who were brought in servitude to this country against their will uh, uh, and in chains uh, in a very violent process that those people were first stripped from their homes and brought and forced to perform labor for people that they didn't know and secondly uh, the law enshrined their subservient status to the ridiculous point where uh, they were counted as three-fifths of a human being for the purposes of, uh, of, uh, of elections and probably other matters in the law. And it's very interesting, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of his sifat is that he is al-haq, that he is the ultimate truth and the ultimate reality. And this is something, the tajalli of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sifat that the truth carries with it wherever it goes that it has a power to overwhelm people uh, despite any material odds or material uh, 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 any sort of material indications. So there was no point in this country in which a slave rebellion broke out that was so powerful that it could have forced the, the system to heal. There were slave rebellions, uh, uh, Harper's Ferry, Nat Turner, uh, 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 John Brown, these people at the time were probably not very well respected in this country but ret retroactively somebody who has the benefit of being removed from that context can see something heroic in there uh, in their, their plights and in their struggles and in their uh, uh, the actions that they took so long ago but the fact of the matter is all of them were brought to heel very quickly none of them none of them actually threatened anything in the system and the same thing has to do uh, the same thing is true with regards to the Civil Rights Amendment and Jim Crow in this country, that the institution of segregation, which was predicated on the concept of separate but equal, uh, itself was a lie. Everybody knew that separate wasn't equal, and uh, everybody knew that this was a way of perpetuating the political, social, and economic depression of uh, colored people in this country. and. That also didn't change ever because of uh, a, uh, any political, uh, economic, or military might uh, that the oppressed people possessed uh, in this country that forced the, the, the dominant system or the, 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 the patronized and franchised class in this country in order to yield them some sort of concession. Um, the fact of the matter is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, 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 his sifa when it comes on the heart of a person, a person is overwhelmed and they have no choice except for to accept it. So when you see people in, uh, in Selma, Alabama marching and dogs are being sicked on them and uh, uh, you see them getting beaten by, by police and by other uh, uh, kind of like quasi, uh, quasi like militia type people who have an interest in perpetuating the, 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 the zulm system that kept them down, once that comes out and the majority of the people see it, they can't stomach it. And this is not a, a, a particular uh, beauty or a particular 
uh, uh, positive attribute of America or of Americans. This is every human being is like that. There are some people who have enough uh, 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 evil inside of their heart that they can do things, they can do things that are unspeakable and commit zulm and submit their heart to the path of shaitan to the point that they uh, justify these things to themselves and they perpetuate these things to themselves. But once they come to light, there's no qawm of this world, no matter how corrupt it is, that will stomach things like that. And uh, it's the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he created this dunya as a test for people. This dunya, this world is a, uh, uh, a place of action without consequence. And uh, the akhirah is a place of consequence without action. That he still threw us a crumb and gave us some sort of tasalli and some sort of uh, rec- uh, some consolation in this world. That zulm cannot last forever. That there's no Fir'aun that will be in power and that is so strong that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will break the hearts of the believers by showing them that this person is never going to be unseated from his throne. Uh, uh, Difficulties are difficult and they last for a long time and they require a lot of sabr. But every now and then Allah ta'ala will take a Fir'aun and drown him in the sea uh, just to bring coolness to the hearts of the believers that that, that he's, he's in charge that these people are not going to be able to get away with this uh, nonsense forever and this system, this type of system cannot perpetuate itself forever uh, so here we are uh, mashallah, uh, many of us who are probably going to listen to this uh, talk whether in person or from somewhere else may end up becoming or may end up being the progeny uh, of, of immigrants from other countries if not immigrants themselves so they ask what is my place in the, you know, in, in America, I only came here to make money, or my father only came here to make money. We weren't even here when the March on Washington happened. We had nothing to do with Jim Crow. We had nothing to do, we had, sure as heck had nothing to do with slavery. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, we also have to struggle as well. Uh, and we also, you know, face discrimination and racism and what, whatnot as well. So why is this something that we should, you know, take as our own problem? Don't we have other problems that are more important to worry about? And all those saying things like that is not really like popular now. It's not going to make you friends, and it's like it's going to stigmatize you because it's just it's like not cool to say things like that. But undoubtedly, there are many people who think that inside of their hearts. And the idea is this: is first of all, whoever we are in this country, we've all benefited materially and socially from the from the zulm and the theft from other people. All of us, including everyone not exempting anyone whatsoever. So, okay, well, Sheikh, there's no uh, white folks in the room. Uh, well, okay, they're not the only ones. The ones who immigrated to this country came to a country that has, like, magnificent infrastructure and open land, cheap land, cheap resources, water, all of these things, cheap gas. Um, and, you know, cheap gas is something that black people benefit from just as much as anyone else does, as much as Desi people and white people and whatever do. Um, the land which belonged to uh, uh, the Native American population um, who was almost decimated just by the smallpox that, that, that was brought from the old world. Um, that land was taken by force. And one of the things I think people forget sometimes is that uh, most African Americans in, in, in the United States of America are somewhere between a quarter and an eighth Native American in their descent as well. This is, this is something that, that I've anecdotally uh, noticed from most people upon asking or talking to somebody, they'll name some sort of uh, a Native American tribe that they have some sort of ancestry from as well, as do many people who are quote-unquote white people. And this is a gripe of mine. Race is fake. There's no such thing as race. Uh, in Islam, there is a, a, a recognition of lineage. Lineage is who your fathers, uh, you know, who your fathers were, right? So you can only have one lineage in that sense. Uh, but race is how that lineage uh, uh, appears on a person uh, in the way that they look in front of other people. So one person may look white and the other person may look black and they may be like father and son. Uh, uh, And that's something that's completely arbitrary. Uh, And also there are many many people who we would would, um, say are like phenotypically display as quote-unquote white people, but they have they have the they have the lineage of other people inside of them rather than just the lineage of pure Europeans. And so one of the things that uh, I find particularly evil about 
racism and the concept of race in America is all it is is a completely arbitrary, uh, uh, arbitrary tool that is used in order to separate people. And divide and conquer is not something that was invented by uh, uh, invented by uh, uh, any nation of the earth that, that's there right now. Rather, we even find in the Quran itself the attribution of the strategy of divide and conquer to who? To Fir'aun. إِنَّ فِرْعَوْنَ عَلَىٰ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَجَعَلَىٰ أَهْلَهَا شِيَعًا يَسْتَضْعِفُ طَائِفَةً مِّنْهُمْ That Fir'aun exalted himself in the earth and he divided people up into different groups uh, and he played them off against one another and he would give privilege and power to some of them and he would then uh, 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 make weak and sap the, the power and the strength of another one. And so there is no such thing as a master race. All it is is there are evil people that are sitting on the top of a system and they tell one group of idiots that you're better than the other one so they, they do the, 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 the evil work on the behalf of the other ones. And so Yom Al-Qiyamah when people show up and they have to pay the bill for somebody else's enjoyment, they'll feel like a, a double idiot. Why? Because A, they, they, they violated the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world and B, they didn't even get the benefit. They were procuring benefit for somebody else. Uh, uh, and every, all along, someone told them that this is for, you know, this is for the quote-unquote white race. I mean, even if you look at what, it, what is the white race in this country, the, the bar is completely shifted, and it keeps shifting in order to adjust with whatever de- demographic trends that are there. So now that there's more brown-skinned people in this country... Uh, all of a sudden, Italians and uh, uh, Irish people and all of these you know, people from like Eastern Europe and from Spain who are not people who are part of the enfranchised class in this country in the past, all of a sudden, all of these people are uh, now going to these kind of like weird like uh, Nazi or like Klan rallies. I don't like the, use, you know, I don't like the, the, the usage of the word white nationalist because white is not even something that has any sort of objective definition it's definitely not a, a nation you know like people say nation of islam and it's neither a nation nor does it have anything to do with islam so uh but like you know all of these kind of nazi racist kind of rallies and things like that you see people showing up there that just a generation ago the rally was actually against them uh and so it's it's a type of stupidity so a person can choose which side they want to be on and uh, somebody who is uh, uh, somebody who is like very very much into their Islam and sees everything uh, through the lens of their Islam, which should be all of us. They may ask the question, Shaykh, what is this? How is this relevant to us? The Muslims only have two Eids in the year, uh, and then the the third Eid is the Jumu'ah. Why is Martin Luther King Day an a, an occasion to have a bayan and, and the ribat? And the reason for that is very simple, that an, a, 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 an incident happened in the Sira that many people will be familiar with, uh, known as the Hilful Fudul, that a man came to Makkah Mukarramah uh, and he got, he got ripped off uh, uh, or, or uh, violated somehow by a, a Meccan of noble birth and high status. So if you get into a dispute in Jahiliyyah, you don't go and sue somebody in court. There is no court. What happens? You call your tribe, they call their tribe, and then the entire thing is gets on the verge of going nuclear, and either they all duke it out, fight it out, and tell everyone's dead, or you know, the elders of both tribes will try to negotiate some sort of sell- settlement, and they'll look what happened and see what happened. So now a man who gets violated has no tribal protection, and uh, he's, violated by, uh, uh, he's violated by somebody who has great tribal protection. And so the person who is violated, he calls out in the, the streets of Makkah Mukarramah, asking the people, like, what's, what's wrong with you? Just because, just because I'm not from a certain tribe, is it okay for you that, that I get ripped off and I get violated and I get hurt and I get taken advantage of and nobody's there to help me? And the good people of, of Makkah Mukarramah, even in the days of Jahiliyyah, they gathered together and they swore an oath, uh, which was known as the Hilf al-Fudul, the oath of, uh, of the virtuous that in the future, if anything like this ever happens again, that we swear, we swear an oath that we will come and back the man who's right, uh, rather than backing the man who's from our tribe. That we'll come together and back the man who's right, rather than backing the person from who's from our tribe. 
And Rasulullah decades later, he actually took the, he was part of the Hilf al-Fudul before the revelation of Iqra. And decades later, in Medina Munawwara, after having made Hijra, Uhud, Badr, all of this stuff, he said that I took such an oath with these people in, uh, in, in Makkah Mukarramah, had I been called to, uh, 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 to make good on that oath, that someone invoked that oath even to this day, had I been called to make good on that oath, I would have done so. Meaning what? That there are certain things that are right and wrong issues, even if somebody's not from your deen. Martin Luther King, you know, he wasn't, he was a lot of things, but he wasn't a Muslim. Right? What happens to him in the Akhirah, that's not, that's not our business. Allah Ta'ala judges people and, and whatever. Ostensibly, he died on kufr and he's not, he's not one of us. We don't praise janazah or read dua for him or anything like that. But a couple of things. First of all, he wasn't alone. And there were many Muslims that, that were also uh, participants in the civil rights uh, movement. And on top of that, many of the people who were, who were, uh, 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 who were being uh, uh, oppressed by that, they're the descendants of Muslims. And on top of that, even if neither of those issues were true, still it's wrong. So the idea is this, is that despite Martin Luther King not being a Muslim, and even, even uh, despite the fact that, the, you know, to the point, the fact that those people are descendants of Muslims and there were Muslims amongst them, in some, in some fashion, that's still irrelevant. Why? Because what's wrong is wrong. And the guilt and the burden on top of it is double on us. Why? Because we actually benefited from the exploitation of those people. And uh, somebody may say, well, that was a long time ago. We still benefit from the exploitation of those people. The slave labor that literally built buildings in, in the United States Capitol and in the South and, in, and, and that that that, that was connected with the same economic system that the North was connected with. Um, why is it that you see like an exodus of people from the South uh, uh, to the North uh, where the laws weren't as overtly racist, but still people will then take economic advantage of those people fleeing from their homes. They're refugees, but within the country to the North. Uh, 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 and how, how that then will provide... Uh, provide labor and you know different types of things for uh, people to take advantage of. People are put in a vulnerable, situ- vulnerable situation and taken advantage of. You know issues like look at what happened, what's happening in the major cities in the north, right? Industrial cities in the north. Look what happened to Detroit. Detroit is right now it's like in a miserable condition, and it's been in, in a miserable condition for a while, and. It's, uh, uh, it's quote-unquote getting better because people are buying out blocks of uh, places where traditionally African-Americans live and they're gentrifying them and throwing them out. And what happened in Chicago itself? There's an election. Who ran against Rahm Emanuel? Chuy Garcia, right? And what did, what did like the bankers say? They said, don't elect Chuy Garcia, otherwise we're going to turn Chicago into a Detroit. What does that mean? Why is it you can't find a grocery store in the hood? The Civil Rights Amendment has been passed a long time ago. But if nobody loads you money to build a grocery store, then you're not going to have a grocery store. What does that mean for that neighborhood? There's a lot of stuff still going on, right? What is this whole police brutality uh, 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 movement, Black Lives Matter, all these different individuals uh, 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 that that are basically blatantly killed in video right in front of your eyes? The most ridiculous videos of which literally people have their hands up and uh, are like laying prostrate on the floor. I've seen more than one video like that where a man has been shot laying prostrate on the floor in a way that's even more submissive than Sajda itself. Uh, uh, and, and they're still shot and there's still no, no, uh, uh, no conviction happens, things like that. These should bother us. These are issues that someone might say, well, it's not my fault and I'm trying to like live my life and blah, blah, blah and the other thing. These things should bother us. They should uh, be something that we uh, do something more about than just share a Facebook post or on, you know put something up on Twitter. We should actually have this as part of addressing these issues as part of our uh, agenda as practicing Islam in this country. Not because we want everyone to convert to Islam and this is going to be good da'wah. Not because of that. Allah Ta'ala... You don't guide who, who you want. Rather, Allah guides whoever He wills. And He has more knowledge about who He guides. He has more knowledge about where He puts and places His guidance. 
It's not because of that. Why? It's because it's the right thing to do. It's because it's the what? It's the right thing to do. لِتَكُونُوا شُهَدَاءَ عَلَى النَّاسِ وَكَانَ الرَّسُولُ عَلَيْكُمْ شَهِيدًا In such a way we made you the, 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 the balanced ummah, the balanced nation, so that your job is to bear witness uh, over mankind. And, uh, and the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa bears witness to you. The tafsir of this is what? That you are the ones who are charged with speaking the haq and saying what's right and commanding what is right and forbidding what is wrong to the people. If you do so, the fact that wrong happens won't harm you in this world or in the hereafter. Alaykum anfusukum. Alaykum anfusukum la yadurrukum man dalla idahtadaytum. Right? This is a, 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 a statement of the Qur'an that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the people who believe that you're responsible for yourselves. And if you are on the path of guidance, the people who go astray, they cannot harm you. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu in the khutbah once, he mentioned this, that people have understood this statement the wrong way. They think it means what? Just take care of yourself and don't worry about what happens with other people. This is not the meaning of it. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Abu Bakr Siddiq says Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa actually said if you see the people that one day comes that they stop commanding to that which is right and forbidding that which is evil. فَقَدْ تَوَدَّعْتَ مِنْهُمْ You can say goodbye to them. There's no khair in them. It's as if they're dead. The good has completely left them. The meaning of this is what? That you say the haq, you, you command to that which is right and you forbid to that which is evil. And people think that that has to do with what? Like not eating pork and not drinking alcohol and, and that's it. That's not it. There's a lot more than that. Some people then go the other extreme, that they pick things that are differences of opinion, that I'm going to command to that which is right and forbid that which is evil and like, you know, cuss out anyone who misses the two rak'ahs of, of, of nafil after salat al-maghrib. That's not the proper application of it as well either because that's an issue of that's not of halal and haram so it's secondary you should remind people gently but of the bandwidth of your 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 uh, service to society it should take a very small percentage it shouldn't be something that takes up like you know a third or a half or a majority of your time alaykum anfusukum means what it means that keep doing what's right Keep doing what's right. And if the people don't listen to you, they still won't be able to harm you as long as you keep commanding the right and forbidding that which is evil. This is Abu, Abu Bakr Siddiq, his own uh, tafsir of this. Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentions his, this in his Ihya. That what? That keep telling the people what's right and keep forbidding them from what's wrong. And keep practicing it. Alaykum anfusakum means what? Uh, uh, keep practicing it yourself. Keep practicing what's right yourself, even if nobody listens and even if nobody practices it with you. La yadurrukum man dalla If they don't listen to you, if you're the only one saying the haq, they won't be able to harm you, neither in this world nor will they be able to harm you in the hereafter. This is a very important principle. This is why it is important for Muslims to worry about civil rights and worry about the poor and worry about you know, who, uh, uh, who's being trampled on and worry about some, who has no voice to speak up and protect themselves, worry about people getting shot and killed and whatnot. I mean, look, I volunteered with the police department as well. I volunteered for a year with the police department. I used to have a uniform. I used to have a badge. It's probably still sitting there in, in Blaine, Washington. Uh, I've gone on drug busts before, I've gone on traffic stops. It's true. Sometimes cops, like, someone pulls a person over and the cop is like lax with the guy and then they'll get blown away. You'll see videos of those things. They happen again and again and again and again, right? But on the flip side, right, everything has an extreme. So fine, we don't just cuss out every police officer. If your house gets robbed or some, someone st- steals something from you, you're going to call the cops as well, right? So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't give anyone license to say every, every one of them is like horrible or every one of them is uh, evil or racist or whatever. That's not true. I even saw in the, our own police department. There are people, they're different. I could see, so a couple of the guys, I could see them doing something stupid like the things that I've seen on, on, on TV. And then there are some of them, also I know that they would never do that. 
I've seen from them the, the, the amount of uh, uh, sacrifice and extending themselves, going out of the way above and beyond the call of duty in order to help people. The idea is what? Is that, that we should be people who are shuhada bil qist. With justice, you bear witness to what's going on in society. And if it means that you have to show up to a rally, or if it means you have to vote for someone or for something, or if it means that you have to uh, uh, you know, pay money, a donation to... Uh, uh, you know somebody's uh, you know for their hospital bill or for their funeral or for their uh, uh, you know uh, uh, re-election campaign or for whatever other things in order to affect something better in your life, we should do that. And if it means that you have to speak up and talk to talk to people about about how Muslims can get involved in those things, we should do that. If nothing else, at least we should speak about it with one another. Once we stop stop speaking about these things, then they'll die. One person cannot change the entire world. So that's how what part of Amr bil Ma'ruf and Nahyan al Munkar is what? Dhakir fa'inna dhikra tanfa'al mu'mineen. Otherwise, this idea that we have, that many of us have, and it's, it pervades whatever race we may be, because mashallah by Allah's fadl, this ummah is made up of all of the different nations of the earth. This idea that we have, that one day we will be happy if we have money, and if we're accepted by those same, by those same fara'ina and the same people of zulm. We look up to them. We want to be part of their system. We want to dress like them. We want to act like them. We want to speak like them. We want to uh, 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 look like them. Everything we want, we want to identify. We dream about them accepting us one day. And I tell you, the person who is accepted by a khabis is himself khabis. The one who's accepted by the filthy, that person is themselves filthy. The person who acts like and looks like a khabis, that person is themselves a khabis. Rasulullah said what? Man the one who goes out of his way in order to resemble a people, that person will be one of them. It's fine. It's fine. If people uh, uh, look at you and say you're different, there's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. If you speak differently than other people, that's fine. If you eat differently than people, it's fine. Don't dream, daydream about acceptance with other people. Have your own dream of what success looks like. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the day of the Fath when he entered into Makkah Mukarramah there are three, three jahili people when they saw Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu climb to the top of the Kaaba in order to give the adhan to quiet the ruckus that occurred after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had shattered the idols of the mushrikeen one of them said look at this al-ghurab uh, al-aswad uh, this black crow uh, 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 ascending on top of the Kaaba, I'm glad that my father died before before having to see this this uh, 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 this sight in front of him. Abu Sufyan overheard them saying that, and uh, he 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 said, "I don't I don't agree or participate in anything you're saying right now." And through Wahi Allah Subhanahu wa Taala uh, 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 informed the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam of of this thing that was said. And so the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa he said something at that, at that point in front of everybody, ala ru'us al-ashhad, in the, in the haram of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What did he say? He said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ أَذْهَبَ عَنْكُمْ عِبِّيَةُ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ وَالتَّفَاخُرُ بِالْآبَائِ فَمُؤْمِنٌ تَقِيٌ وَفَاجِرٌ شَقِيٌ وَكَمَا قَالَ عَلَيْهِ صَاتُ وَسَّامُ وَكُلُّكُمْ مِنْ آدَمُ وَآدَمُ مِنْ He's unloaded or uh, unloaded from you the burden of jahiliyyat. You don't have to worry anymore who's from Pakistan and who's from India, who's from Africa, who's from Asia, who's white, who's black. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff anymore. It was stupid and irrelevant. It was a stone that everyone was carrying around with them that served no function whatsoever. It's no longer on your back anymore. Don't worry about it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the interesting thing is that jahiliyyah, which is a term generally used for, for the deen of, the, of, of idol worship before the uh, Islam came. Uh, here is specifically referring to the idea of somebody, uh, uh, somebody speaking low or ill of another man because of his lineage or his descent or because of his race. And jahiliyyah means what? Ignorance. He's gotten rid of the burden of jahiliyyah. And if a person didn't get the message the first time, Rasulullah explains what the, what the burden of jahiliyyah is. What? You should boast, boast to one another about who your fathers are. You're either a believer 
who is uh, 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 who's dutiful and, and who's punctual and religious and fulfilling his duties to other people and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Taqiyun, a God-fearing person. Ufajirun, shaqiyun. Or you're what? You're a person who doesn't care, does whatever he wants to, and that person will end up in eternal wretchedness on the Day of Judgment. فَكُلُّكُمْ مِنْ تُرَابٍ All of you are what? All of you are from, from, from dirt, from the, the dirt of the earth. That's what all of you were made from. فَكُلُّكُمْ مِنْ آدَمٍ All of you are from Adam, and Adam was made from turab. He was made from the dirt of the earth. Abu Rasulullah said it, if another man said it, we would, we would object that saying such a thing about Adam is disrespectful. But Rasulullah said it, and on occasion he used to say things that, that sound harsh. Why? In order to convey a meaning that is necessary to convey because it's part of the meanings of wahi, part of the meanings of revelation. So Sayyidina Ali anhu, it's a, a, a beautiful bait, or a few beautiful nazam, a set of abiyat, a set of verses of poetry that he said on this issue, which ties in together very, very clearly and very beautifully why this is relevant in our madaras and in the khanqas and the zawayas and the masajid that these things should be mentioned. Uh, Sayyidina Ali anhu, he said, he said, An-nasu min tamthili akfa'u. أَبُوهُمُ آدَمُ وَالْأُمُّ حَوَّاءُ نَفْسٌ كَنَفْسٍ وَأَرْوَاحٌ مُشَاكِلَةٌ وَأَعْظُمٌ خُلِقَتْ فِيهِ وَأَعْضَاءُ فَإِنْ يَكُنْ لِأَحَدٍ حَسَبٌ يُفَاخِرُونَ بِهِ فَالطِّينُ وَالْمَاءُ مَا الْفَضْلُ إِلَّا لِأَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ إِنَّهُمُ عَلَى الْهُدَى لِمَنْ اسْتَهْدَأَ دِلَّاءُ وَفِي حَقِّكُمْ لِمْرِئٍ مَا كَانَ يُحْسِنُهُ وَلِلْرِجَالِ عَلَى الْأَفْعَالِ سِيمَاءُ وَضِدُّكُمْ لِمْرِئٍ مَا كَانَ يَجْهَلُهُ وَالْجَاهِلُونَ لِأَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ أَعْدَاءُ Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu who is what? He's from the khulasa, from the most noble bloodline of Banu Adam. He's a Hashimi, he's the closest one in relation to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Both, both in lineage and, and in, in, in his spiritual nisbah, in the sense that he was one of the first people who accepted Islam. The entire Banu, when Allah Ta'ala gave the command to Rasulullah Sallallahu warn your, your closest of your family members, your relatives. And Rasulullah Sallallahu gave da'wah to Bani, Bani Hashim. And he asked, who's with me? Sayyidina Ali anhu, he's a child of nine years old, he stood up and I said, I'm with you. And Abu Lahab laughed at him. Well, guess what? The joke's on Abu Lahab. He's the one who has the most noble of lineage. If it was a matter of, if it was a matter of some rabble-rouser, somebody who just has hasad or is jealous about about them not being born into a, a particular family or not being given something uh, 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 in life by random chance, right? Like beauty and good health and all these things are. It's not like you did anything to earn them. Then one might say that they're just being a malcontent. But who is it? Sayyidina Ali anhu. His progeny are the progeny of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam through Sayyidina Fatima anha. He said that, so what, he's the one who has the highest, the, the highest lineage and the most uh, 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 right, if anyone had any right to boast about a, a person's lineage or their race, he's the one who had it. There's no Arab afterward who's going to be able to say that they have a, a, a superiority lineage over him. He said that every, every human being, just look at them, they're all the same to one another. And this is very interesting because the word kafa'a describes, uh, uh, describes suitability for one another. One of the meanings is what? For a person to be of kafa'a is what? That it's a suitable match between them to get married with one another. So anyone who's gone to somebody's uh, house and proposed marriage and then got the door shut in their face for not being good enough, what did Sayyidina Ali who says? An-nasu ala tamfili Just look at them, they all look the same. They're akfa for one another. Each one of them is suitable. They all carry the same uh, status as one another. All of them, their father is Adam and all of their mother is Hawa alayhim salam. If any of them had a lineage that they should boast about, then it's atin wal ma'u. Then it's what? Dirt and water. Someone said, I'm the son of so-and-so, I'm the son of so-and-so. 
everybody, if you want to boast about your lineage, then your forefathers are dirt and water. He said, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, that there's no virtue for anyone over anyone else except for what? Except for a knowledge. Because the people of knowledge are the ones that, those who wish to be good and to seek guidance and do something better with their life, they're the ones Allah Ta'ala placed in His creation in order to facilitate that process and help them along that way. So what? What's the opposite of, what's the opposite of, of being like a bigot and a racist? To have knowledge. The person who will hate racism and bigotry the most is what? Ahlul ilm. And if you see someone even within this ummah that doesn't give it a big deal, even if they have a title and a turban and a beard and all of this other stuff, you know that that person in that one issue, they're closer to jahiliyyah than they are to Islam. And Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu continues, he says, في حق كل امرئن ما كان يحسنه in the in favor of every man is that thing that that he does which is beautiful that he does with ihsan and you can see the beauty of a, a man's good work when you see that person and what counts against every man is the thing that they're ignorant of some people say ignorance is bliss that's the aqidah of kufr Everything you don't know, everything you're ignorant of, counts against you. Automatic fail. Without even having to take the test. You are automatically failed. Against every man is the thing that they are ignorant of. That the jahilun, the ignoramuses, always were the enemies of the people of knowledge. Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab, these people, Al-Walid ibn Mughira, Umayyah, all of these people, they were what? They're always, they're, they're people of ignorance. Of course they're going to be the enemies of the Prophet ﷺ. If you have knowledge, the ignorant will always fight you, they will always oppose you. That's why our Salaf, Rahimahumullah, they never considered it a good sign that a man has, uh, is uh, universally accepted and loved by everybody. Because if you speak the haq and you speak the truth, necessarily, necessarily, the people who have jahl inside of their heart, they'll hate you for it. They'll necessarily hate you for it. Some of those people may even be people of Islam. And we cannot comment on what's in some, someone's heart. Just like it's uh, wrong to walk around in the street and say, this is, person is going to hell, that person is going to hell. How do you know? You don't know what a person's khatima is going to be like. Just like that, not everybody who uh, 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 keeps the, 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 the outward uh, hukum of the law, can we know for sure that this person, what state are they going to pass in this world, or what state do they hide inside of their heart? And we have husn al-dhan for every Muslim, every person who carries the legal hukum of Islam, we have husn al-dhan, but there's a difference between husn al-dhan and yaqeen. There's a difference between having a good opinion of a person and being absolutely certain. Good opinion is what? You see somebody and you say, this person is not a thief. That's a good opinion. Yaqeen is what I would trust my credit card with them. It's okay, you can think this man is not a thief, but like, you know, hey, can, you, can I borrow your credit card? You know, I, I, I'd rather not. Right? The two things are not, are not uh, uh, mutually exclusive, they're different things. So there will be people from this ummah, also this jahiliya will completely make them hate a person for what? Speaking the truth and telling the truth. Ab, tell me, if we want to get together every week and meet in this ribat, which one do we want to be? Do we want to be from the people of Ilm or do we want to pe- be, be from the people of Jahiliyyah? Literally, the nazam of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, what is it? It starts talking about how every human being is the same when it comes to their physical nature. The only difference between them is something that's spiritual. The person who denies spirituality, to them, human being is either one type of monkey or another type of monkey. A person who is racist like that that person is what? That person's a step closer to kufr. This is something, you know, this is something racist people say, oh look, uh, these whatever people from whatever continents and countries they're from, they're like a bunch of monkeys. They'll, they'll literally say that. 
they'll, 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 they'll mock one another about it. Say, so you look at, you know what? Yeah, they're a monkey, you're the same monkey. You know that? You're just a different color monkey. You're from the same jinns as they, they are. You don't need to be a, a faqih in order to know that. A black person and a white person, they mate, they'll still have offspring. So by the biological definition, you're the same species. So call another man a monkey, you're just a different color monkey. You're a different type of... You're, you, the other, Allah in His Rasul Sallallahu the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, the ulama kiram, the awliya kiram, they called people in order to what? Not worry about the physical reality on the outside, but to better the spiritual reality on the inside because the spiritual reality is more profound than the physical matter. The physical matter of your body will die and disintegrate one day. Your ruh will live forever. And on the flip side, the johal are what? The people, no, 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 no. I want to, this monkey thing really captures my imagination. I'm going to kind of focus on this. And uh, this is what I'm going to, uh, this is what I'm going to spend my life thinking about, talking about. Notice the beginning of it has to do with what? Saying that everybody physically, they're the same anyway. The only difference is a spiritual difference. And if you get that, you're a good person. And if you get that, you'll be preoccupied with filling your heart and your mind with the knowledge of revelation and with the knowledge of what's good and what's, what's right. If you don't get that, you're a jahil. If you don't get that, you're an ignoramus. And it's to be expected that you will be an enemy for every person who has haq inside of their heart and every enemy who has light inside of their heart. So this Martin Luther King Day, mashallah, we uh, respect the fact that there are people, even if they weren't Muslims, that struggle for that which is right, even though they didn't come and conform outwardly to the message that was brought by Rasulullah wasallam. Even though they weren't able to do that, Allah Ta'ala didn't give them the tawfiq to do that. But at re- least in some juzi, partial sense, they understood what? That life is more about, you know, making, picking which group of monkeys you're a part of and fighting with each other based on that. That's a good thing. That's a positive development. Whenever someone makes that da'wah, that's our da'wah. Al-hikmatul balatul mu'min. And the wisdom is a lost property of the believer. If you lose something and then you find it, you have the right to take it. It's yours. It didn't belong to somebody else. It's just through adverse circumstance you found it somewhere else. It didn't belong to them. It belonged to what? It belonged to us. So this is something that, 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 that we, we see ourselves as a part of. We should mention this. And again, Martin Luther King Day, unlike what, you know, whatever Mike Pence and these people will try to make it into, it's not about the person of Martin Luther King. He was one man. He gave sacrifice with his life. He gave an Azim Ashan sacrifice uh, for, for what he believed in. But it's not just him. It's, it's millions of people who are with him, uh, 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 and many of whom were Muslims themselves. If you look on the March on Washington, right? Malcolm X, Shaheed, Rahimullah Ta'ala, he, he was there on the platform with him as well. Allah knows best, you know, who, whose impact was more. This is a parting shot. This is the same thing that happened to us, Desi people as well, right? Uh, our, our forefathers, the ulama, they fought the British. And when the British, it was no longer tenable for them to keep rule, what did they say? They say, here, here's, the Pakistan, here's Pakistan, we'll give it to all the Muslims that liked us. One set of people make the sacrifices, another set of people benefit afterward. That's fine. That's like an old part of the playbook. We're not like surprised by any of that. We're not surprised by any of those things. Don't surprise us in any way, shape, or form. But the idea is what? The name is just like a, 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 a figurehead that's a placeholder. We don't need to say anything bad about Martin Luther King either. But we say that what? We recognize that it's not just him. It was generations of people, generations of people. If you know, people, those people, those slaves were brought to this country, many of whom were, 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 were Muslims. It was their du'as, it was their hard work. For those people that have nothing, that they come in shackles and they're being uh, uh, lashed, and they're beaten, beaten and they're being killed like animals. For them just to survive itself is a, a great contribution to the civil rights movement. Why? Because it proves we're a human being, we will still go on, despite all the odds being uh, stacked against us. So we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, anybody who is or was uh, or uh, Muslim, whether they're alive or dead, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take vengeance for them, uh, for the zulm that was done to them, to anybody who is still arrogant and doesn't wish to accept the fact that they did wrong in this world and in the hereafter. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give hidayah to our qawm and guidance to our qawm that they leave behind uh, this need 
to uh, oppress and dominate one another, that they should understand that when we succeed, we'll succeed together, and if we fail, we'll all fail together. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us as Muslims the tawfiq of being shuhada over our qawm and being able to do something useful and something meaningful to help uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, absolve us from the, the benefit that we took that was also stolen from people and that was taken from the backs, whether it's from the backs of slave labor or from the land of, and the resources that the Native Americans uh, 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 used, it, used before uh, uh, people came from the old world uh, to this hemisphere or whether it's the other poor people in other uh, countries that, whose oil and natural resources are being st- uh, stolen or the small children that make our sneakers and our soccer balls and whatever other things that we, uh, articles that we use to enjoy our life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us and give us the tawfiq of making kafara for, for, for having benefited from all of those things as well. There's a lot to do more than just listening to a bayan. Uh, and this is one of the reasons I feel very uh, uh, honored and very uh, 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 humbled by being able to work with Islamic Relief is that there are projects in this country that uh, Muslims do do in order to uplift and help people who who are in need, many of whom, uh, in fact, almost all of whom are people who had the deck stacked against them from day one anyway. You know, people make bad decisions. Uh, Sometimes that's just purely because there was nobody who taught them how to make good decisions. This is Chicago. There are like 35-year-old grown men in the city that don't have driver's licenses, don't have bank accounts. Don't. Why is that? Is it just because they're stupid and they don't want to whatever? How come they didn't go to driver's ed? Because they didn't have a driver's ed in their school and they didn't go to the school in the first place because they didn't have this or that or the other thing. There's a lot of, I mean, that exists. So those people, you can look down on them and say, well, my father came from you know, such and such country with like, what are $50 in his pocket and you know, he made himself successful. Well, your father knew what his father's name was, didn't he? Your, you know, our forefathers didn't have to go through like whatever several centuries of being outlawed from reading and writing. That you that literally they had their name stolen from them. They don't even know who they're who who they are, where they came from. Those things make a difference. They're even more important than they're even more important than what they're more important than than money. If you read history, many a king is what is the son of a king whose father lost the entire kingdom. And that person, single-handedly at some point being alone, went from being alone to what? Reconquering the kingdom of his father. This is something that happens, happens again and again. Akbar, the Mughal emperor, his father, uh, Humayun, had completely, uh, uh, completely blown off his father's uh, uh, establishing of the Mughal empire. He had to flee to Iran and basically be a chamcha to the, to the uh, uh, Sasanian uh, uh, Iranian court. And he came back and uh, uh, died in India with a very small piece of his father's empire. Akbar will, will reestablish it and make it again. What He had nothing, but he knew who his father was. His father was a king. Imagine those people, they literally, why did they want, their, them, why did they want them not to know what the names of their fathers were? Because that's how they can convince them that you're not, you're not a human being, you're an animal, just accept it. Because their fathers were also noble people. Their fathers were also kings. Their fathers were also scholars and ulama. Their fathers were also upright and decent people. They're human beings. They're khulafa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this earth. They wanted to make them forget that. There are people in this country that they're successful at making them forget all of these things. We owe it to them to give them some sort of help. And it breaks my heart. Islamic relief, right? I mean, it's a corporation. I'll be honest with you, it's a corporation. We ourselves, our job performance and evaluation is based on what? It's based on how much money we can bring in. Right? Our bosses would be, would be irresponsible if we didn't bring in you know, money that justified us being there. That's fine. So we know what the pain of this is. Hafiz Bhai, if we raise money for a project in the hood, or if we raise money for a project overseas, overseas who's going to give more money? It's like the difference, in some masjids, it's like the difference between $350 and like, like $30,000. That's why it's good sometimes come sit with the ulama, let them like tell you, you know, what to, you know, tell you what's going on. 
I'm the first one who will tell you we need to send money overseas, our poor brothers and sisters in Burma and Palestine, all these places. They depend on us. They need our help. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that we ignore our, our brothers and sisters here as well. There are places, not just black people, by the way, right? There are places in the South, those same people, you think that people are going to uh, uh, get up and vote for, like, absurd candidates and, like, you know, have these absurd and ridiculous uh, points of view with regards to history and with regards to racism and all of that because they're educated or because they're doing well? Those people, some of them are the most pathetic people in this entire country. They're the ones, if you show them a little bit of kindness, they'll value it more. Those people, some of these people who are at these clan rallies, there's, I see them, there's more chance that these people are going to become Muslim than there are sophisticated suit boot people from the north. They're simple people, right? So when a hurricane or a flood or a tornado or whatever hits their areas, we also should help them as well. They're also part of our home. But it's hard. It's hard because people don't want to give to them. They don't see sympathy to them. They see themselves as a victim and another person as... Uh, as somebody who uh, you know uh, should take care of themselves or whatever, this is the generosity of the dean that that you never should see yourself as a victim. You always see yourself as the one with the upper hand. The Sahaba radiAllahu despite their backbreaking poverty, they used to give sadaqa to people even if they only have one date, they'll give the sadaqa of half a date. They never said no to giving. This is one of the most powerful things that we can do uh, uh, in order to. Right, what was wrong is just to help people out around us. It doesn't even have to do only with money, you know. It can be like cooking food and giving giving food to somebody. It can be encouraging people, saying a good word, giving someone a shot at work if you're if you're you're hiring or whatever. It can be any number of uh, 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 things like that. But unless you go go forth and and and, and try to do something, uh, 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 then you know the the abstract knowledge itself uh, of of some sort of injustice. Although we say that knowledge is better than ignorance, but uh, um, knowledge without action is like cooking dinner and then not eating. You know, you did the work. What's the point? You may as well enjoy the, the benefit of it now. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala give all of us so much tawfiq. Sallallahu taala rasulhi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.